0: One of the most exciting things about starting your homestead is growing your garden and getting to experience fresh produce, homegrown in your own yard. But one of the most discouraging things is when you put in a ton of effort into a new garden and only end up with a lot of weeds, sweaty clothes, and very little produce. If you're ready to start a successful garden as a complete beginner, stick around because today we're hashing all things garden from planning your garden to setting up your new garden space, easy to grow items, and lots of tips on how to get you started. This is everything you need to know to get your homestead family gardening this summer and enjoying your favorite fruits and vegetables. Hey mama, welcome to the farm family table, where you can find encouragement and practical tips for living the healthy homesteading life that God is calling you to. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, farm wife and mom of two littles. I know that you want to provide the best food for your family while being more self-reliant. And I believe there's a way to start homesteading with less stress, more joy, and more time focusing on what matters most, faith and family. Want to learn how? Join me as we build our homesteads together. So pop in those earbuds and start that load of laundry because we're about to dive in. Hey ladies, today we're going to be talking about all things gardening. I can't wait to give you the practical tips you need to get started gardening this spring so you can have fresh, homegrown produce with your family this summer. But before we dive in, I want to take a minute to let you know that our free resources on beginner gardening does not end with this episode. Over at our website, you can find a wealth of gardening information, all geared towards the beginner. No prior knowledge required. Check it out at farmfedfamily.com. I created this content for you, so you can start a garden and grow your own food, even as a total beginner homestead mom who's up to your eyeballs and diapers and piles of laundry. Again, that's farmfedfamily.com. Plus, make sure to subscribe to our email list to get instant access to new gardening tutorials and resources. All right, I am so excited to dive into this much needed topic. I feel like I see this over and over again. People want to learn how to start gardening with no prior experience or they feel frustrated that they put in a lot of work into their garden and it just isn't thriving or producing very well. So today I want to lay the groundwork for you to have a successful garden this summer, one that will actually feed your family and give you the satisfaction of being able to produce your own food. And as we talk about this topic today, I want you to know that this is not coming from a place of extreme expertise. I feel like there's always more things that I can learn and you always have failures in gardening. No matter how long you've been gardening for, it seems like there's going to be things that go wrong and you have to learn and tweak it as you go. I grew up with a garden. I've always had a garden other than when I was living in the city for college, but even then I had some window herbs so don't let anyone tell you that you can't garden because even if you're in an apartment you can find a way it just has to be small but as soon as I was able to get into a house I put in a garden and I was renting a house at the time and my landlords were so kind they let me till up the backyard to grow my garden And that was the first garden that I had by myself with no help. And that was definitely a big learning experience. I had my fair share of garden failures. I remember I planted potatoes while I was there two years. The first year I planted potatoes, they were very small. I think I got about a dozen potatoes that were about the size of golf balls. Then the second year that I tried to grow potatoes there, They were completely devoured by potato bugs. I remember my carrots never came up and my squash, my buttercup squash actually did pretty well, but it totally abandoned the garden and just started spreading out onto my lawn. And I remember I would have to mow around it because I wanted to save this squash plant so much. And I don't know, it probably didn't produce as well as it could have because it was competing with grass versus just being in the soil. But all that to say, you learn as you go. It happens. It's a process. Don't stay stuck in little failures along the way. A good gardener has to live by the saying, fail upwards. When you try something, you have a big failure. You brush it off. You take notes for next year and it leads to change. So I really want your takeaway from listening to this episode today to be start small in some capacity and really focus on being effort-based versus results-based. So what that means is I want you to make it your goal to start a garden that's a realistic size so we're not going to get crazy and elaborate right off the bat. Find something that's a reasonable workload for your family for the season you're in. And if you've never gardened before, that's why I say start small because gardening is a lot of work. And that's something that you don't realize until you're in it, especially if you're having to water it every day, especially if you have a lot of weeds in your garden. It takes a lot of effort. So know the season you're in. If you have little kids or young babies and you're in this yourself, you don't, necessarily have help from your spouse or a family member to help you care for that garden all summer, start small. Be realistic. Do your best and no matter how it does, celebrate your efforts and learn from your mistakes. I'll try not to sound like a broken record today talking about start small. Only do a little bit to start with. But I think that's so important because people get this idea that they want to be able to grow all the food for their family right off the bat, and it's just not going to happen. It's too much work. There's too much of a learning curve there, and especially if you don't have other people or really the help to back you up with it. So I just want to put a little bit of a realistic perspective on gardening before we go any further. So in this episode, we're gonna be starting at the very beginning and going over the basics of what you need to know to get started gardening. So you're definitely gonna wanna grab a paper and pen to take some notes, and let's jump in. So the first thing I wanna talk about is planning your garden. So I know I've kind of already talked about this, but when you're first starting, in a lot of ways, less is more. So when you're thinking about what you're gonna plant in your garden, Think about what is your family actually like so you can kind of get carried away with lots of dreams for your garden but then at the end of that when you actually have all that produce is your family going to eat it are you really going to use it you know it's great if you can grow a ton of cucumbers but if your family only eats so much and you don't have a plan for the rest of that there's not a point to having all those cucumber plants So think about what does your family typically eat as far as fresh produce goes? What do you typically buy at the store or the farmer's market? And start with some of those things. Plant a couple of each of those plants. You'll definitely want to research how much you can expect each plant to produce. And this depends a lot on where you live. And we'll kind of talk about that too. Gardening is really dependent on what area of the country you're in because the climates do differ a lot and it affects the plant growth. So for example, let's say you wanna plant green beans and zucchini in your garden. You're probably gonna need at least 12 green bean plants to really produce enough that your family can have meals off of it throughout the summer. Maybe you'll even have a little bit extra to freeze, but you're probably only gonna want one zucchini plant because zucchini is a mass producer. Even with one plant, you might end up with more zucchini than you know what to do with. So that's why I say do your research, know kind of how the plant produces so you can have a better understanding of how many of that plant you're going to need. So I really recommend only starting with four to six different things to start. And like I said, I know some of you, you want to do all the things to start, but I really encourage you to hold back. Start with those four to six things and no more in that first year. Then the next summer, you can add one or two more things if you feel like, you know, those first four to six that you did, that you feel like it was a productive summer, you feel like things went well, you felt like you could handle it, then you can add more. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a process. You'll get there someday. But you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to get burnt out and you're going to be tired if you try and do too much all at once in the beginning. I know a lot of you have the goal of growing all your own food and that is a huge undertaking. I'm not saying it's a bad goal. That's one that I have for my family as well. But it's really not where you should be starting and it's just not realistic for a beginner. If you wanna put more food away for the winter, you can always compromise, grow some of your own food, and then go to the farmer's market, or if you have a neighbor or somebody else local that also has a large garden, purchase some of that in bulk and process that for the winter. Like I said, you're gonna grow as you learn, you're gonna get better at gardening and be able to take on more as you go, but you need to master each part of the process To move on to the next thing okay the next thing that i want to talk about is soil so soil a lot of times is something that is overlooked for new gardeners but your soil is really important typically if plants are not growing it's either because there's a lack of nutrients in the soil or they're just not getting watered enough and i do want to talk a little bit about raised beds versus tilling the soil I know raised beds are really having a moment right now. Everywhere I turn on social media, I feel like I see somebody putting in raised beds for their garden. They're very nice. You know, you don't have to bend over as much. They look nice. Uh, They probably help control the weeds. Yes, your soil quality is probably a little bit better if you're using potting soil. But as a blanket statement, you really don't need raised beds to garden. They can be very expensive to put in when you're talking about the lumber used for the frame, when you're talking about the labor involved, plus hauling in all the potting soil. Nine times out of 10, it's more economical to just add fertilizer to your existing soil than to build beds to haul in that potting soil and to do all the work. If you really think you need raised beds, I would encourage you to go get your soil tested And maybe see if you can add nutrients into the soil for cheaper than building those raised beds. And just another note about soil. Another question that I see pop up a lot is, do I need to add compost to my soil? Now, compost is wonderful. You know, it's a good way to use your kitchen scraps. It's great nutrients to add back into the soil. But as a beginner, I really recommend not messing with composting. Composting can be a lot of work. A lot of people don't realize that, that there actually is a pretty specific science that goes into composting and it takes a little bit of effort. You have to add the right ratio of wet and dry into that food scraps so it doesn't get kind of that wet, rotten smell. And that could be anything from sawdust, um, dry leaves, really anything that's a dry organic product, and then you have to stir it often. So they do make products that can help with this. You know, I've seen the big drums with the crank on them that can help you stir it a little bit easier. But again, those are expensive too, and you still have to do the work of making sure you're adding enough dry to the wet food scraps, and that can be kind of time consuming and hard too to make sure you're getting that right ratio. So the reason why I say don't mess with it, even though it's good, is because it's really better to invest your time in your garden if your time is limited. So I know a lot of you, you have young kids, your time to be out in the garden and babying that is limited. It would be better for you to be out there watering and weeding your garden than messing with compost. And that's going to give you better results just taking care of your garden than trying to make compost to mix into your garden so i don't want to totally discourage you from composting especially you know if you really have that dream to eliminate food waste and to reuse your food scraps but i think the key is not now there'll be a time to compost but not right now when you're very first starting out and even for me like i said i've been gardening for a while now I still don't do composting it's something that i would love to get into someday but just with having two kids two and under right now it's just not in the time and the mental space i'd rather be out there growing as much food as i can to feed my family okay the next thing we're going to talk about is garden location So when you're thinking about where you're gonna have your garden in your yard, what is the best place for you to put that garden? As a general rule, go as full sun as you can. Most vegetables are going to thrive in full sun. The only reason you would possibly want a garden with a partial shade environment would be if you live in an extremely hot climate, which I really can't speak to that. I live in northern North Dakota, so that is completely opposite of what I have to deal with. So I prefer something that's full sun, and I would say that's applicable to probably most of you that are listening. And another thing you want to consider as far as your location, make sure the soil there is well draining, which means there's no standing water there. So think about when you have a really heavy rain or you know, in the spring when the water levels are a little bit higher from snowmelt. Is there going to be a lot of water there? Is it going to be wet and soggy and waterlogged? Because your plants need water, but they're not going to be able to thrive in that as well. So once you have your garden location picked out, you know what the soil is like there, you know what adjustments you maybe need to make, then you can really dive into what are you going to plant in that garden. So I do have a few recommendations for really beginner gardeners so these are things that are easy to plant they tend to come up well they tend to produce well and just overall they're pretty low maintenance so these are green beans you could also probably include yellow beans anything in that wax bean variety squashes so zucchini summer squash Um, You could even do butternut squash. The only thing to keep in mind with butternut, buttercup squashes, those winter squash varieties, they do tend to spread out a lot. So just be mindful of that when you're planning your garden. If you don't have a lot of space, that maybe wouldn't be the best thing for you. But they do grow pretty well and they're pretty easy. Cucumbers are pretty straightforward. Onions can be fairly easy. So I would recommend with starting with those types of things, and then you could add in one or two other things that you like. I know there's a lot of things that I didn't mention that I, you probably want in your garden. Tomatoes is a big one for a lot of people. Tomatoes can be kind of finicky. They take a lot of babying, but they are worth it. So if you wanna to do tomatoes, go ahead, get a couple plants, try it out. Peas are another one that are popular, but they take a little bit of work because you do have to have some type of structure To prop them up otherwise it kind of just turns into a mess so there are other things that you can try but i would recommend for those other things like i said only do one or two and then focus on maybe some of the easier stuff to begin with another thing you can consider if you really like flowers flowers are a great addition to your garden because they're pollinators So that means they will attract bees and can help some of your other garden plants to thrive and do even better. Some really easy flowers that are excellent pollinators are zinnias and marigolds. There are others, you know, you can do your research on flowers if you're into that. Uh, Marigolds are able to ward off some pests as well. So there's a little bit of benefit there. Flowers are a really beautiful addition to your garden. Um, They're great if you like to have cut flowers and make arrangements if you're not into flowers that's totally fine it's just a personal preference i'm not super into flowers i would rather really be investing my time and effort into vegetables but like i said if you're into the cut flowers it adds a lot of beauty if that's something you think you'd like it can have a lot of benefits because like i mentioned the pollination and attracting bees so then your other plants can thrive So once you have a good idea of what you're going to be planting in your garden you need to think about if you're going to be buying starts or seeds for the things that i just mentioned so those easy things i recommended you to start with most of those things are going to be planted directly from seed with the exception of onions which you'll need to get sets or bulbs from those and you can find a lot of this stuff um, grocery stores will have these out in the spring greenhouses or you can get your seeds online. I do recommend if you wanna do tomatoes, peppers, or cabbages, I really, really recommend that you buy starts for those. Others are not as necessary, and you can save some money by planting from seeds versus buying the starts. But like I said, tomatoes, peppers, cabbages, if you don't have the starts for those, you're probably gonna be kinda disappointed with your crop. The biggest advantage to buying starts is if you have a shorter growing season because it allows you to put them in the ground and they're a little bit bigger starting off. So then you are able to harvest that produce a little bit earlier. But if you have a nice long growing season, I'd say don't worry about it and just start with the seeds. I do not recommend trying to transplant your own starts as a beginner. There's a lot that goes into starting plants indoors Most of the plants that you buy are grown in a greenhouse, so they have the perfect combination of artificial lighting from grow lights, the right humidity, just that perfect environment for that plant to grow. If you tend to do it yourself indoors, a lot of times they can be a little bit sickly and they don't do super well when you actually transplant them and put them in the garden. So save yourself the headache, just buy them if you want to get into transplanting later and You know really work on doing your own starts that's something you can work up towards but you're gonna have to kind of be babying them and really doing a lot to work on plant health so that's why i recommend it's not a good place to start for a beginner i've also heard people question about if you can start plants from scraps from foods from the grocery store So for example, I've seen this on social media a lot where you just take the bottom of the celery stalk and chop it off and put it in the ground and it grows a celery plant. While that probably works, it's like I said, it's going to take a little bit more babying to get a healthy plant out of that and that's not something I would recommend messing around with right away. Potatoes are another one where, yes, you can chop a chunk out of a potato as long as it has an eye on it and stick it in the ground and use it as seed but most potatoes that you're buying at the grocery store have been sprayed to prevent sprouting so that it will last longer for you as the consumer. So I really wouldn't recommend using things that you've purchased at the grocery store as seed in your garden. You're just not really setting yourself up for the best results. Okay, so I know we've covered a lot of things today. I wanna talk about one more thing and that's getting connected with resources. So, like I mentioned before, depending on where you live, your environment varies a lot and has a huge effect on what you can grow, when you need to plant it, when you harvest it, how to take care of that plant. So the first thing is you need to understand your growing zone. And you can very easily find this online, just Google growing zone map. And I believe there's about 10 different growing zones in the continental U.S. So you can look and see what zone you're in based on the map. If you are kind of between two zones, I really recommend going with the lower zone. So the lower the zone number, the colder the climate is. This just ensures that the plants you're putting in your garden are hardy enough to survive any temperature fluctuations that you might experience in that growing zone. And each part of the country is so different as far as plants that you can grow and just the timing of those plants. You know, if you're further south, you can start really early in the spring. You have a much larger growing season. So it's important to look up info for your area. And one resource that I really recommend using is just your state university extension office. They have a lot of really good research that they put out. And usually you'll have an agent that is local to you that you can even call and ask questions. If you're not sure about something, they can kind of guide you in the right direction um, and even give you advice if your plants seem like they have disease or they're just not doing well over the summer. So I wanna leave you today with some really practical action steps that you can take in planning your garden for this spring. So number one, if you don't already have a garden space, I want you to map it out. Think about where this garden is going to go. Choose a location. I want you to evaluate the soil quality in that location. Be prepared to make adjustments as necessary. So that means if you need to add a little bit of nutrients to the soil before you plant your garden, think about what you're going to add for fertilizer. Only do raised beds if you really need to. So that's where that evaluation piece comes in. Can you get by with adding some nutrients to that soil or do you really need those raised beds? Number two, you're gonna plan what you want to grow in that space. You're gonna do a moderate number of plants. That means only four to six different crops and you're gonna choose easy things to start and maybe one thing that is a little bit more challenging but you really wanna grow it and you're willing to baby it over the summer. Decide where you're going to purchase your seeds and starts. And look for resources in your area that you can use for specific planting guides. Get more info on gardening in your location and maybe even call your local extension office with some questions. And remember, start small. Grow as you go and see your effort, not your outcome, as success for your garden. Okay, ladies, I hope you found today's episode super helpful in planning and preparing for your new garden this spring. Make sure to follow through and get started on those action steps because time flies and your garden is going to be ready to go before you know it. Thanks for joining me today. I can't wait to see you next week. I hope you love today's episode. I pray that you leave this episode encouraged in Christ and equipped with practical knowledge for your homestead. If that's you, will you take 30 seconds right now to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts? Your review blesses me so much and helps other mamas find this podcast and start their homesteading journey. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you next week.